HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Comté-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. Hey, this is Hannah Forden. I'm the program manager here at Heritage Radio Network. This year, we're celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary, and I want to thank all of our listeners and members for being a part of an incredible year of food radio. We never would have made it this far without all of you. So HRN is now in its summer fun drive, and this is when we turn to you and ask that you make a donation to help ensure a bright future for food radio. Whether you listen to one show or 20, there's a reason why you keep tuning in week after week. All of our content is powered by a small nonprofit, and we rely on your generosity to keep going. Help us keep broadcasting the most thought-provoking, entertaining, and educational conversations happening in the world of food and beverage. So become a member today. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, we have some brand new member gifts available online, so I encourage you to snag your new favorite pizza-themed t-shirt or enamel pin today and show the world how much you love HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate so you can snag your 10th anniversary member swag. And thank you. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Elena Santigade. This week is a big one for cheese and specialty food. It's the week of the Summer Fancy Food Show, a yearly event that takes place on the west side of Manhattan. Importers, distributors, brokers, and producers all descend onto New York and set up camp at the Javits Convention Center for three days to try and do as much business as they can. Buyers hunt for new products and ideas, and cheesemakers and specialty food producers get a chance to meet the frontline retailers and chefs getting their products into the hands of the consumer. It's basically an around-the-clock sales event and a huge specialty food celebration. My guests today are in town for this very event, and they are Bruno Gritti of the northern Italian farmstead cheesemaker Quattroportoni and Paola Cal- Calciolari. 
Did I do it? I did it. Of Le Tamarici, makers of Mostarda Mantovana. They're here with Michelle Buster of the Importing Powerhouse Forever Cheese. Bruno, Paola, and Michelle, welcome to Cutting the Curd. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's great to have you here. What a special uh, little visit to squeeze into what I'm sure is a busy time on uh, this fancy food show week, right? (laughs) Listeners, you get the special treat today of hearing Michelle Buster speak Italian to Paola as she translates my questions on the show. I don't know about you, but it's just pure music to my ears. Um, Okay, so let's jump right in. I um, am very excited because I love both of your products. I've tasted them over the years. I'm a huge fan. And um, let's start with the cheese, because this is a cheese podcast. Uh, And Bruno, the thing I'm most interested to start off with is... Your your second generation family farmstead cheesemakers in northern Italy, and at a certain point, uh, you switched from cow's milk to water buffalo milk. Tell us a little bit about why the switch, and how it has gone over the last. It's been th- thirteen years or so since you switched it. Um, how's it going, and and why did you make that switch? Okay. Vuoi che ti dico? Sì, qualcosa, ma ti chiesto come eh, hai fatto qual è, Perché hai fatto il cambio mm-hmm. da eh, latte di mucca a latte di bufala e che cambio hai visto e come ti trovi? E sono, lei ha detto 13 anni, però sono un po' di più. Sì, abbiamo cominciato a modificare la nostra azienda nel 2000 acquistando delle bufale e poi abbiamo fatto una trasformazione dell'allevamento nel 2003 e abbiamo sostituito tutti gli animali da mucche a bufone. So in, in the year 2000 they decided to make this change and by the year 2003 they had successfully transferred all of the um, herd mm-hmm. from cows to buffalo. Hmm. Il, il motivo per cui abbiamo pensato di fare questo cambiamento è perché abbiamo intravisto nell'allevamento della bufala la possibilità di creare dei prodotti nuovi, diversi e proporci al mercato con un formaggio completamente diverso e nuovo che non esisteva ancora sul, sul prodotto. They made this change because they saw an opportunity mm. with the buffalo. Mm. It wasn't their first. They liked them as animals for their temperament and to do something different. They, were, they wanted something new and fresh. And then when it came the idea that they had to make the cheese and they realized that making aged buffalo milk cheese, nobody had ever done it before. So mm-hmm. it made them very excited to embark on something so new and um, creative. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I was sort of reading news articles about uh, Quattro Portoni, kind of doing a little research before the show, and it seems like it's really all about this marriage between the Italian tradition, the, the northern Italian traditional cheeses, but then this novelty of sorts with the water buffalo milk. How do you keep innovating and keep um, staying fresh with that new idea of the aged water buffalo milk cheeses. Um, How do you develop new ideas? Are you working on any new cheeses? How do you keep that going? L'idea di fare formaggi di bufala è assolutamente legato alla tradizione della Lombardia. 
So the idea of making buffalo milk cheeses was absolutely linked to the tradition of cheese in Lombardy. Mm. In particolare la provincia di Bergamo è un luogo dove si possono fare nove DOP diverse, per cui è una tradizione millenaria quella della produzione del formaggio stagionato. He said that in Lombardy alone, in Bergamo alone, there are nine DOP cheeses. Mm. So there's just a thousand different ways of being able to interpret that cheese and those cheeses. Mm-hmm. E la mozzarella di bufala, che è il prodotto eh, riferito al latte di bufala, è tipicamente napoletano. Fare napoletano e casertano. Fare una coppia in Lombardia non aveva senso. Secondo me era più logico eh, utilizzare la tradizione locale e un latte diverso per creare un prodotto diverso. He said mozzarella di bufala comes from the area of Naples and Caserta. Mm-hmm. So he said it didn't really make any sense to him to reproduce something that wasn't from the region and it made much more sense to try and interpret his own region mm. through a new type of milk. Mm-hmm. In, in definitiva mi sembrava più interessante eh, essere il primo a fare un prodotto stagionato di bufala piuttosto che l'ultimo a fare una mozzarella. He said it seemed much more interesting to be the first to make aged buffalo milk cheeses mm-hmm. as opposed to the last to make mozzarella di bufala. Mm. Very good position. Vuole sapere come ti viene in mente le novità? Cosa che ti dà questa idea di essere fresco, di fare novità e quale novità ne avete? Sì, abbiamo sempre in cantiere delle novità. Il nostro è un caseificio piccolo, per cui non abbiamo delle automazioni, delle linee automatiche. È come una cucina, è come in una cucina si possono sperimentare ricette tutti i giorni. Per cui una parte del mio tempo è dedicato a questa ricerca. He said, we're a very small company. We don't have this huge line of just factory made cheeses. So there's always, it's kind of like, there's a part set aside always where he's always thinking and always um, making trials and coming mm. up with different things to see what might be the next cool thing. And in fact, some of his new items we will have at the show. Ah. He embarked on raw milk, buffalo cheeses for the last edition of Cheese in uh-huh. Bra uh-huh. and came up with four or five new ones and we're featuring Letejo at the food show here. And what is the style of that cheese? In che stile dice che ha fatto il litteggio? Eh, il è uno stile che ricorda un po' il salva cremasco come compattezza della pasta, è fatto a latte crudo però in una forma diversa e può essere molto adattabile ad affinamenti fatti anche con vinacce piuttosto che con altre eh, idee. Ma salva cremasca che stile proprio um, latte acido? Sì, per cui è una, è una pasta piuttosto compatta, acidificata, resta a temperatura di caseificio per tutta la notte e questo eh, ne facilita l'acidificazione, la perdita del siero, resta una pasta acida che ha una caratteristica particolare. Si sente l'acidità anche se il formaggio è stagionato. So, the style of Liteggio is more like Salva Cremasco, which Mm. is one of those important DOPs. Mm -hmm. So, it's an acidified milk cheese. So, in that you get a very kind of crumbly texture. Mm -hmm. Um, You get some really great acidity in the notes. Mm -hmm. And it also, it doesn't, it's not square like Salva though, it's round. Mm. And it's a cheese that you can do a lot of different things with. So, as it ages and develops... It can be great on its own, or you can also do different things like uh, bathing it in wine mm. or other sort of things. So it's kind of something that keeps developing and you get 
kind of a creaminess as it ages, but you still have that point of acidity. Mm. So it's very fun for him to work with. And the base of this is raw milk. Very so that exciting. changes it too. Very, very exciting. Wow. We'll have to be on the lookout for this one. Um, ooh, my taste buds are watering. Um, and we do have some cheese here in the studio, which I'll taste in a moment. But first I wanted to ask Paola, um, you know, it, it sounds like you've been doing, making your products for decades now. Um, I think started in the 90s, in 1991, if that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it. Um, and the thing I'm curious about is, uh, with your mustardos, I know that you make a number of different products, but the mustardos for me are, are so special and so unique. And I know that part of your approach is to use, uh, local products to make these, um, local vegetables and fruits, um, but so uh, my question is, how, uh, how do you choose what to make? Dice che sai che ti piace fare tutti, che la mostarda è tua specialità, anche della zona, che ti piace usare tutti i prodotti freschi della zona. Vuole sapere come scegli, quali prodotti, quali verdure, quali frutti da usare e come viene con queste ricette? Allora, eh, mostarda mantova è un prodotto tipico che c'è sempre stato eh, da tanti anni. 25 anni fa ho iniziato questo lavoro pensando di fare una piccola produzione artigianale. Si faceva solo nelle case. Um, mostarda mantova has been around for just ages and mm-hmm. centuries. So 25 years ago she started this little tiny laboratory just to make the best and the freshest of whatever she could find. Nella nostra zona sono delle produzioni di frutta molto particolari come la mela campanina, come l'anguria bianca, quindi anche di questi prodotti erano un attimino dimenticati, sono stati ripresi, sono stati rilavorati. Something like crab apple or the white watermelon that we have here today are very local to her area and also been very forgotten. Hmm. So she was looking for things that were local that she could help revive those traditions. Right. Per me è molto importante scegliere un produttore eh, che faccia solo quella determinata eh, produzione di, o di mele o di pere o, o mh, è specializzato in questo prodotto. She chooses her suppliers but they have to be specialized in what they do. So they only make that one fruit. Mm, I see. È molto importante. Very, very important. When you, when you have people who are focused on, some, on one element so deeply the quality is just going to be better across the board. E eh, importante anche eh, una lavorazione che è rimasta manuale, eh, ancora non troppo lavorata con le macchine, quindi la frutta arriva, si lavora subito senza fare frigorifero, quindi senza conservazione nessun tipo. It's also a very artisanal way of making this product and with mm. very little machinery. So it's fresh fruit that arrives, it gets washed immediately, and it's all hand and there's no preservatives. Mm. So it's something that's very in the moment. Very in the moment, very pure. And for our listeners who aren't as familiar with these products, how do you define mustarda? And what is mustarda mantovana? Come de- come defini la mostarda e cos'è la differenza cos'è mostarda mantovana? Allora, mostarda mantovana è la frutta viene tagliata a fettine eh, sottili, non c'è la frutta intera, 
e eh, è una frutta candita con eh, l'aggiunta di senape. The, there's another mostarda out there from Cremona, which are whole fruits. Mm -hmm. So the mostarda from Mantova is made by taking the fruit and, and cutting it, and slicing it mm. into pieces and okay. then adding the mustard to it. So mm -hmm. it's a characteristic of the mustard adds a very spicy component mm -hmm. and then you have the fruit which has been candied so you have the sweet component. È un composto naturale, non ha conservanti, quindi è questa è la caratteristica. Quindi sai an ancora il sapore della frutta e della verdura. Mm. It's very natural, so there's no added preservatives, so you always taste the flavor mm. of the fruit or the vegetable. Right. Era un prodotto sempre da abbinare, da fare i famosi tortelli di zucca, da abbinare con il bollito, le carni. E il mondo formaggi raramente si avvicinava eh, quando ho pensato di ammetterlo al mondo formaggio è perché io ho cominciato a amare tantissimo il formaggio e fare corsi di degustazione di formaggio quindi mi è venuta l'idea di dire perché questo prodotto non lo faccio con il formaggio the um, the original pairings for this was the bolito misto which is like a veal roast mm -hmm. or the tortellini with um, squash Mm -hmm. and not necessarily for cheese. Mm. So when she decided to embark on this pairing idea, it was because she really loved cheeses. Ah. And so she wanted to really cultivate this new pairing process mm -hmm. of cheese with her mostarda. Love it. So um, in that spirit, do you, how do you decide what your pairings are going to be. Do you taste a number of cheeses? Do you work directly with any cheesemakers? Um, how do you uh, make the connection between, let's say, the crab apple, crab apple mustarda and uh, you know, the best cheese to pair with it? How do you land on that? Well, some of them we did together. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we tasted everything, you know, we said, these are the cheeses that we have that we feel like would go well. And right. then we would kind of, collaborate on what that was. Right. Ha chiesto come decide quali formaggi sono migliori da, da abbinare. Io ho spiegato che abbiamo certo, fatto insieme. Certo. Eh, dipende molto da anche, non solo dal sapore della frutta, ma anche dalla testura della, della frutta, quindi eh, su consistenze più importanti ci va un formaggio un pochino più stagionato, con una pasta un pochino più strutturata. Per formaggi invece più con paste molli è ovvio che sta meglio una frutta, non mm -hmm. soltanto di sapore simile, ma anche che abbia una consistenza simile. Quindi il gioco poi è un gioco molto, eh, molto personale anche, quindi non è soltanto va bene con una cosa o un'altra. La mela campanina a me piace tanto anche col parmigiano, perché è un nostro prodotto, un prodotto del territorio, mentre magari l'anguria bianca su un formaggio eh, come quello quattro portoni ce lo vedo molto bene, mm -hmm. molto adatto. So what she said hopefully i remember everything <laughs> is that it depends a lot on the fruit itself mm -hmm. the texture of the fruit mm. also the texture of the cheese right so she finds that they're sort of similar and also the flavor profile so if you have a a cheese that's robust you want a product that's going to be robust as well right. and if it's kind of more aged then there are certain the textures in the fruit will lend itself more to some or the other mm. just as like 
if you have a softer, uh, more mellow cheese, then you want to take a fruit that has a similar texture mm. or maybe one with a little bit less kick of the mustarda because she does also these beautiful confiteurs and compotes that go with it. And she mm-hmm. says it's very personal right. in the end. Yep, it's something the, that we see all the right. time. Mm-hmm. Well, um, here in front of us, I have some Quattro Portoni cheese, some of the mustarda. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, so listeners, if you don't know the cheese Casatica, then I really, really hope you are on your way to your local cheese shop right now because Casatica is one of my favorite cheeses by Quattro Portoni, and I'm happy that there's a piece of it here in front of me today. Um, and I'm thinking the Casatica with the crab apple mustarda mm-hmm. would be a good combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's nodding at me here in the studio. So as I taste this, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and taste it. Um, I have a question for Michelle, actually, and we can all taste it together. But uh, so, Michelle, you know, you at Forever Cheese, you're importing these incredible uh, products that could fill many specialty food shops, basically. And you've got cheeses, you've got the mustardas. When When you think about, you know, talking to buyers about, what they can bring in. Uh, I assume you're naturally thinking about pairings and what can go with what or how to organize the products. Um, is this something that you're bringing back to the producers and talking about with them a lot? Um, maybe ahead of a trip like this, planning pairings in a, in a more deliberate way? I didn't really plan pairings for the show. Mm-hmm. We'll have different cheeses and different products. Um, and Paula's come especially for this edition to launch our new rebranding and our refreshed look of her her products that are there. But for something as so particular as a mustard that not everybody knows what it is, they're thinking of a mustard mm-hmm. as opposed to a candied fruit with a spicy mustard flavor in there that almost is like wasabi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to give some suggestions, mm-hmm. if not a specific pairing, but a guideline for what could go well, right. whether it's cheese or charcuterie, which is great, or grilled meats, but it's always important to have in mind the suggested use, whether it's for a cheese or for the others, because we bring a lot of things that have never been here. Mm-hmm. Right, it's sort of the challenge of an innovative importer is like, you're not only introducing a new product, you might be introducing a whole new concept, a whole new product category in a way. Um, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you should do the the two switch all the two around and see which pairing that's you find. true because i personally would have put casatica with the strawberry with the strawberry mm-hmm. and the quadrello since it's a washed rind and you mm-hmm. have a little bit more pungency more on that thick. with the mustard it's true the interesting thing on um, the delicacy of the casatica gets a little overshadowed by the crab apple mustarda understandably but then it kind of comes back with the creaminess of the, the buffalo milk the creaminess and the sweetness in the milk just shines that's that gorgeous buffalo. And after, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the wasabi flavor that it, where the mustard kind of res- reminds you of wasabi because in this mustarda, you get this like burst of tingly, prickly, wasabi type spiciness and then it fades and you're left with the flavor of the fruit, which I really love. Always important, that balance. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well... This is a perfect time to take a little break while I continue to eat the cheese and mustarda here. Uh, listeners, we'll be right back in a moment with more Cutting the Curd.
This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm Elena Santigade, and I'm here with Bruno Gritti and Paola Calciolari and Michelle Buster of Forever Cheese. So, during the break... We've been tasting some cheese, tasting some mustarda. I'm pretty much in heaven here in the studio at Roberta's. Um, but thinking back, sort of taking a step back, at thinking of each of your companies, I'd love to know a little bit more about how how large the company is, how many people you have working on your teams, and what each of you do specifically in your day-to-day work, um, You know what you're spending your time on at this point. Eh, vuole sapere più dell'azienda, uh-huh. di quante persone siete, quanti sono siete piccoli o grandi, cose che fate ognuno personalmente dentro l'azienda, giornaliere. Posso cominciare io. <laughs> Nella mia azienda ci sono 15 persone che lavorano. There are 15 people working with Bruno's company. Okay. Più ci sono io e mio fratello che fa il veterinario. And then there's himself and his brother who is the veterinary. Right. Yeah. A breve entrerà in fam- nell'azienda anche mia figlia Roberta. And his uh, daughter Roberta will soon be joining them. Oh, how exciting. That's really, really Breaking great. news. <laughs> you, you know, listeners, you can't see it, but maybe you can hear this enormous smile that has burst onto Bruno's face. Quello che faccio io nella mia azienda ha avuto un'evoluzione durante gli anni. Eh, all'inizio mi occupavo della coltivazione dei campi. He used to just take care of the fields. Mm-hmm. Poi dell'allevamento insieme a mio fratello. And then he used to help his brother raise the buffalo. E da quando abbiamo deciso di iniziare la produzione di formaggi, mi sono dedicato 100% al formaggio. And when they decided to make cheese, he became cheese guy 100%. Wow. Per i primi anni, manualmente e operativamente, ho lavorato il latte e poi mi sono accorto che poi dovevo anche cominciare a, a proporlo e a venderlo, per cui... Da, dal lavoro manuale sono passato anche alla commercializzazione. He said for the first couple of years he was, you know, heads up in the milk himself, <laughs> making the cheese, learning about it all around him and then one day he realized that he might need to start selling it as well. <laughs> in questo mio nuovo lavoro di fare la vendita dei formaggi della quale non ero capace, una delle persone più importanti che ho avuto modo di incontrare è stata Michelle. 
He said in his new job, where he was starting to sell cheeses, he said one of the people that became very important who he came across was me. Ah, you, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and Bruno, did you, did you ever think you would become a cheesemaker? Se hai mai pensato che saresti stato un produttore di formaggio? Sono 30 anni che lo penso. E, e fin quando non ho trovato la chiave giusta per realizzare questa cosa, non, non, non sono riuscito a realizzarla, perché la nostra, come dicevo prima, è un'area molto tradizionale per la produzione di formaggi. E inserirsi in un mercato del genere è difficile, lo devi fare con qualcosa di diverso e di interessante. He said it was 30 years he thought about it mm. and tossed it around in his head. He said just it was, he was smack in the middle of a cheese producing area. Mm. And before he would have the nerve to start doing it himself, he said it had to be in a very spectacular and different way. Mm. So you didn't want to just make cheese like the people around you and kind of fit in. You, need, you want it to be different from the bunch. Dice che non voleva essere come tutti gli altri, voleva fare una cosa totalmente diversa. Assolutamente sì, perché le altre aziende locali sono aziende strutturate che hanno una storia e quindi partire come piccola azienda e fare un prodotto simile non aveva senso. He said the other people around him were all historical companies who had been there for many, many years and they had the tradition and the cheese making and everything there and he couldn't imagine being the tiny little startup guy doing the same thing that he would get lost. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Sì, ci voleva un'idea diversa e allora abbiamo deciso di farla con un animale diverso. He said he needed a new idea so they decided to do it with a new animal in the area. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So, Paola... What about you at Le Tamarici? Allora, noi alle Tamarici siamo circa 12 persone che lavoriamo, soprattutto donne. There are about 12 people and almost all of them women. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> e io ho sempre tenuto esserci in produzione. Quindi il mio compito è proprio seguire in prima persona la produzione. Quindi quando non ci sono, in realtà non, non si produce, tutta l'azienda va avanti, ma non il comparto produttivo. She, Paola always wanted to be producing, making the product. Mm. That's where her passion is. So if she's not around, she's the company the works, but they're not making the product because that's where her mm. love is. I mean, if you read there, you know, I mm-hmm. re- think about the story all the time. She was a pharmacist, right. but she loved Right. And she didn't really ever consider this as her life. Io ho fatto soltanto una tesi in chimica degli alimenti. Ecco, forse quello poteva essere la prima il primo passo e in particolare nella produzione del parmigiano reggiano. Questa è stata la mia tesi di laurea in farmacia. Ah, sì? Sì. <laughs> she was the part, like the chemical side, she studied chemistry and, and mm. food and everything else, and she did her thesis on that side of parmigiano reggiano, but in the production huh. of parmigiano reggiano. Wow, so full, it has come full circle now. <laughs> e per me è molto importante lo studio dei prodotti nuovi, Mi diverte tantissimo inventarmi cose diverse, cose nuove e in questi anni 
devo dire che me ne sono inventate tante. Tante. <laughs> tante. She loves thinking up new products, just mm. that's, you know, what really drives her. And mm. she said in these years she's come up with so many different eh, I prossimi giorni presentiamo un prodotto golosissimo, mostarda <laughs> d'arancia con cioccolata fondente. It's true, it's great. She said this it, at the show, we have three new products, but oh. she's talking about one with a, an orange mostarda mm. with pieces of chocolate in it. <gasps> and it's ridiculous. Oh my. It's decadent. Wow. Penso che il limite della fantasia non ci sia con il cibo. There's no limits to her fantasy oh. in food. Oh my word. Eh, anche perché all'inizio ho sempre, avevo una scuola di cucina, ho insegnato per tanti anni a cucinare. Ah, and Paola has had a cooking school for many years and has been teaching people mm. how to cook. Mm. E questo mi ha dato anche la possibilità di capire come consumare il mio prodotto come ingrediente di una ricetta. Anche questo è un bel gioco, è molto divertente. She loves that she's able to always um, experiment with her products and help teach people all the different ways that they could use her products mm. while cooking. Mm. Yeah, for me, it, it's, and in, it opens a whole new sort of category of options when I'm cooking. If I have a few condiments like the mustarda mm. in my fridge, it's like suddenly something that was very boring could become kind of exciting. You know, you do sort of a roast and it might be kind of just, uh, it's just meat, but then you put a little mustarda on it and it's a exactly. whole different Optimal. thing. E infatti è un condimento, è una, un ingrediente come il sale, il pepe, l'olio, l'erba aromatica, così c'è il cucchiaio di mostarda. She said it's an ingredient, just like salt, mm. pepper, herbs, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that can be used in so many ways as an ingredient. Mm, right. In un piatto eh, riesce a calibrare e a modificare quello, la nota eh, dolce, piccante, quindi si combina con eh, il piatto. Quando un piatto ha bisogno del piccante o eh, di una nota dolce, si può utilizzare il mio prodotto. She said it's like a it can balance off a dish. So if that dish is missing like a little bit of a spicy note, right. the mostarda Perfect. helps pick that up a little acidity and, or mm -hmm. and on the contrary like if the dish needs a little bit of sweetness you mm -hmm. get that out of the candied fruit mm -hmm. part very interesting well my next question is actually for you michelle <laughs> i'm very curious how you you know came to work with bruno and paola and their products and i'd love to hear the stories of how you how these relationships began well you know what Paola, quando ci siamo Maybe conosciuti Paola. sono tanti anni Maybe fa, Paola, in una fiera? Anni fa, sì, <laughs> alle Vinitali, a Verona. Ah, veramente. I can't keep track. It's so long ago. <laughs> We met at Vinitali. Mm -hmm. I think that was Vinitali. I treated myself for my birthday mm -hmm. to there, but it ended up being uh, pure torture <laughs> because there was no way I could try every single wine in that room. Right. And that was the torture. A vent'anni. <laughs> but uh, yes, it was 20 years ago. Wow. Um, and good thing I didn't, nobody knows my age. Um, but I met. <laughs> you were just a baby sneaking into I was, <laughs> you bet. And then I, you know, I mean, it was amazing. Just Paula herself, mm. you know, so charismatic and so passionate. Mm. And it was so iconic. So we were always looking for these traditional things that were not 
really paid attention to in the States. They might have been here in some way. Right. In a little tiny bit. But not highlighted, not no. really given center stage. And it, it just was like the perfect fit of, hmm. you know, tradition, but innovation, passion. And then we just ignited and hmm. was, it's been really fantastic. And it's so exciting to have her here now as we're relaunching and kind of modernizing and updating. Mm-hmm. So our relationships with most of our Producers go as far as 20, 22 years or whatever, and mm-hmm. we feel very fortunate. Yeah. Um, it's not just a working relationship. There's a really long bond and true appreciation between each of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wine tasting brought you to Paola. Now, what about uh, Bruno and Quattroportoni? Bruno, I tripped over it practically. <laughs> I was at a trade show wandering aisle by aisle by aisle by aisle saying what many people will do this week here in New York. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, looking. Mm. I didn't know for what, but I'm mm. always just looking and I know it when I find it. Mm. And I started to walk past their booth and I saw this big square cheese mm-hmm. and I poked my nose into their booth and I looked closer and it was a blue mm-hmm. it was like a square cheese and a blue so there's two buffalo that, milk right and then that then did, did they have you at buffalo milk <laughs> well honestly i don't like mozzarella di bufala oh my word so it wasn't exactly that i, I was sitting here but that was like aged buffalo milk i mm. need to try this mm-hmm. and i was just ready to sign him up right there the funny thing is, is we didn't start with the Blue de Buffalo because we thought that that was a bit too much. It was like and too many new things. Yeah, we decided that we should do something. We actually were going to do with like their Quartarolo. It was the Buffarolo mm-hmm. that I had meant to ask for. But we ended up getting Quadrello. <laughs> uh-huh. And Quadrello, listeners, is the washed rind buffalo milk cheese. It's in a square shape. Similar to like a, a Taleggio would be. Yeah, Taleggio... But Which, water buffalo milk. Right. But we can't call it Taleggio because it's cow's milk. Right. I mean, because it's, it's not, not cow's, cow's milk. <laughs> but so we started with that cheese. And it was, it's been a really fantastic ride. Mm-hmm. And just all of this work and talk about each buffalo over the years, if you see it in this country, there's this huge rush now. You know, who can get their other buffalo milk? How many people can get their buffalo milk? And it's all been started by, you know, just they had a different point of view Mm. to come up with this. And then you start to say, well, why didn't anybody ever think about doing something (laughs) different? It seems so obvious now. (laughs) But But it was that creaminess. There Mm. was no like tang. It was just that voluptuousness of the milk that really got me. Hmm. So unusual. And, you know... The other thing that's very unusual is that at least here in the United States, it seems like um, there are few people who have really mastered the art of working with water buffalo, working with the animals to produce milk and to produce cheese from that milk. I've heard all kinds of funny myths that the, the, the animals have to like you, that they're very finicky. Is it a big challenge working with water buffalo? Do you have to have a special touch? Uh, 
non è difficile però è diverso eh, la bufala è un animale eh, lento eh, produce poco latte però vive a lungo per cui uno deve fare un programma di tanti anni It's not difficult to work with a buffalo. It's just different. Mm. The buffalo is a slow animal. Mm. They're also sweet, I have to say. <laughs> so it's more about something. They're slow. Mm -hmm. They produce very little milk. Right. And they live for a very long time. Per cui devi essere molto convinto di quello che fai. You have to be very convinced about what you're doing. Perché non avrai risultati in pochi mesi e neanche in pochi anni. You won't see your results in a few months or in a few years. Per cui devi essere dedicato e convinto. You need to be dedicated and convinced. Mm. Wow. wow. And, and he taught me that the strain of the animal is really important. Huh. And I, every time I go, they might reduce, they continually do a selection in their herd mm -hmm. to always have the top quality animals producing the best milk. So to not strain them too much. Um, is that what you mean by strain of the animals? Eh, per spiegare la selezione di bufala, che tu sempre fare una selezione, ma di chi produce meglio e di qualità del latte, vero? Naturalmente, da sempre la, eh, il modo per, per eh, misurare la quantità eh, di produzione di una bufala non è i litri di latte, ma sono i chili di formaggio, cioè già il latte trasformato. Quindi è fondamentale considerare sia la quantità ma assolutamente la produzione, la, la qualità del latte, il contenuto di proteine. It's not in the volume of milk necessarily mm. that you can measure the animal or the cheese, it's in the kilos of the cheese mm. that you produce. I see. And it's, it's a different um, resa. Uh, Huh? Yield. Oh, yes. Yield. The, the yield. Thank you for helping me. <laughs> the yield uh, is higher from milk to cheese. So um, that's where you really evaluate the mm. quality mm. of the milk of the animal. I see. Very good. Wow. Well, I can't believe it, but we're getting near the end of the episode. I have one more question for each of you. Um, and this is not... Not so much related to cheese or mustarda, but I'm just curious if there, what you're each most looking forward to about being in New York City. Is there a food that you're excited to eat or something you're excited to see? Or, you know, what are you excited about being in New York? Dice, a parte di essere qua per lavoro, è curiosa di sapere perché cos'è di cui siete molto presi da New York, perché siete così felici di essere qua? E per un tipologia di cibo, e per un posto in particolare, un quartiere, cos'è che vi fa veramente contentissimi di stare qua? È una città eh, che in poco tempo si evolve tantissimo, quindi ogni anno vedi cose diverse, cose nuove. It's a, it's a city that's always evolving, always changing, so whenever I come it's different. Curiosa, il bello è proprio scoprire le, le piccole cose del quotidiano, non eh, monumenti, o, cioè proprio sono il modo di vivere e soprattutto le piccole sfumature di questa città che sono veramente grandi. She said it's not in the big things or in the monuments, it's just in the little things, mm. in, in the subtleties of everything, just 
observing, being around, seeing what's happening. Il anche poter capire come si evolve la richiesta di cibo da parte di chi frequenta questa grande città. Cosa è più di moda in quel momento lì e quali sono cosa vuole le persone mangiare? She wants to know she's observing what people eat, how they eat it what they're looking for. È molto importante per me che il mio prodotto va mangiato con qualcosa d'altro e non da solo, capire con cosa può essere mangiato in quel momento lì. È assurdo pensare di mangiare a New York il bollito misto italiano, ma forse è più facile mangiare una grigliata o una carne alla brace e ci sta altrettanto bene. She's looking around also from the point of view just of what she makes because she said we're in a city that you know bolito misto is mm. not the norm for what people so what are people eating right how could she come up with ideas or suggestions that help incorporate what people are eating mm. to pair with the products that she does make makes a lot of sense i hope you have a i think you'll have a lot to work with a lot to observe <laughs> and bruno okay. what about you dal mio punto di vista la cosa più esaltante di essere qui a New York è che posso vedere qui quello che succederà fra dieci anni in Italia, probabilmente fra cinque anni a Milano e quello che ho notato la prima volta che sono stato qui è il senso che è il Made in Italy qua e in questi anni che sono passati dall'ultima visita che ho fatto mi rendo conto che il Made in Italy è ancora più importante. C'è una tendenza nella moda, nel cibo e tutto quanto. Um, she got to give me the time to say it. All of <laughs> yeah. He said that by being here, I have an idea of what it's going to be like 10 years from now in Italy. Ah. And maybe five years from now in Milan. Hmm. He said, as you know, from one time to the next, I see the differences. But what I see overall is that made in Italy is very important. Mm. Made in Italy really has an impact. Mm. Sì, per cui mi dà un'indicazione un eh, quello che è successo con il mio prodotto qui grazie al lavoro che ha fatto Michel. Sta un po' alla volta succedendo anche in Italia ma anche in altri paesi in Europa. Quello che mh, era una cosa sconosciuta, il formaggio stagionato di bufala sta diventando una moda e e niente, questo mi dà l'idea di quello che dovrò fare per, per i prossimi anni. He said what Forever Cheese has done with his product here in the States and thanks to Michelle, mm -hmm. um, he's seeing uh, the evolution now in Italy mm. and in other countries and that buffalo aged buffalo milk cheeses have really become very in mm. and the fashion very and true. it keeps growing. So it helps give him an indication mm. of what he needs to do mm -hmm. moving forward. To stay, stay ahead, stay, keep that creative spirit going. Very good. Now, Michelle, what about you? What's your favorite part of Fancy Food Show Week? I get to see everybody. Mm. I get to see producers who come to visit, and right. I can say hi. And, but I get to see my customers who I'm not the one traveling all over the U.S. anymore. Right. I'm not complaining because I love <laughs> my Europe. But it makes me so happy to see all of my customers and all of the other people mm -hmm. because we have wonderful people in our industry. And I love seeing 
all of those people at the show, and I love to be able to greet and see all the customers that I haven't. Yeah. So there's so many exciting things about. It's a fun moment for the for this cheese and specialty food community. That's for sure. Well. I can't believe it, but we're at the end of our episode. Thank you so much for coming to the studio Thank you, to Thank you studio so today. much for having us. What a treat. Listeners, if you aren't already munching on a little piece of Quadrello de Bufala with the crab apple mustard, you need to go do it right now. Find a way. Um, look for these products. We'll include links to... Um, Quattro Portoni and Le Temerici on our our show page, and you can find out more about Forever Cheese by what's the best way for people to follow as you launch new products and suggest pairings? Well, they could write at info at forevercheese.com if they want to be part of our newsletter. Okay. They could look at our website, too, forevercheese.com. Mm-hmm. They could follow us on Instagram at forevercheeseco, which is the same with Facebook. Great. Um, All right. Well, there you go. Wow. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Cutting the Curd. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.